Hey y'all, it's your girl Kamisha Jure Hodge, and if you're listening right now, you already know what it is. It's the Black Women Writers Podcast. Stay tuned because we got some great stuff coming up. The Black Women Writers Podcast. Celebrating, honoring, and supporting Black women writers worldwide. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. Hello. Uh, yes. Hi. I'm so excited. How do you feel today? I feel amazing and blessed. I had this opportunity to connect with you and um, just share. Yes, I love it. So as always, I want to start off by saying thank you for giving us the opportunity to bring you onto this platform. You know, the Black Women Writers podcast was created so that you all um, have a space where you can talk about your experiences and potentially help other writers who are um, in the same situations that you are or who just need that motivation to get their book published. So thank you. And I appreciate your, your, your willingness to come on today. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to um, be a part of such a great movement to where um, our women all over the world can uh, have this platform. So I thank you for your, uh, steadfastness and your commitment to just changing the world one story at a time thanks (laughs) thank you enough about me girl enough about me (laughs) tell me uh, and well I already know some of your journey but if you will please tell some of the listeners about your poetry journey how did you get started and how did you end up here with a published book you can't wow. make me shut up um it's so amazing that um you know how you stumble into something and don't realize you're there mm-hmm. well that was kind of uh how everything uh began with me and my poetry journey I was a little girl and just found myself gravitating towards songs and music and actually sitting by the radio and writing every word verbatim Mm. And um, and I didn't know uh, that that was the beginning of my process. Um, but I found myself just enamored daily. Like that was my favorite pastime <laughs> to just sit and hear music and hear songs and um, rap artists. Mm. Um, and back in the seventies and eighties, um really inspired me to uh and know that I was doing something I didn't know what <laughs> quite was going on but um I did have a love and an attraction and my admired words so that's how I uh started mm-hmm. and then I dreamed of just writing I dreamed of it and um always was actively uh creating little jingles and words and putting them together. So that's how I would say that um, I had an inkling (laughs) that something was going on way back then. Yes. Um, And it landed landed us here. (laughs) So. Did you have any um, 
you know, any teachers, any outside mentors who said, you have a gift. You yes. definitely need to. In fact, I did. Um, and not in the same way as others may suppose, but my teacher, I had a third grade teacher named Ms. Lushner in the Philadelphia school system. And she really inspired me to do spelling bees and um, creative writings and um, essays, little short brief stories. Mm. And that really just stuck to me like a magnet. And so I was forever uh, doing, and then movies like uh, Poetic Justice, things oh, like yeah. that. That was a good um, Really stirred up the gift when you're around um, outside influences like that because uh, not having a normal training in life, um, life's experiences mm-hmm. and circumstances um, kind of pushed me in that place set the clay set the tone for my journey yes awesome were you when you were younger um you know when I was younger I used to read a lot of Langston Hughes as a kid when you were younger or even like in your during your teenage years or young adulthood years were there any poets that stood out to you or any writers in particular well um I liked Edgar Allan Poe I liked um, Dr. Maya Angelou was my favorite. Um, they would have these old movies on and she was being in a hotel with a typewriter mm. and um, having a glass of wine and even smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and I said, I want to be just like her when I grow up. And um, just listening to uh, what's that? My favorite poem, one of her poems was I know why the cage bird sings, mm-hmm. and um, I learned, and and I actually uh, was introduced to that poem in um, maybe fourth grade. So uh, it was exciting. I was like, it, it was it was dramatic, and I'm dramatic. It was exciting the words and mm-hmm. how they um, came along like a puzzle, and even. Um, Rap artists, I, I I feel like I identify them with poetry in that uh, genre. Mm-hmm. Um, listening to different words that they will put together, and I was like, that, that was like poetry to me. Yeah, in my own way. And I and, and I, in fact, I started. Uh, I, I it was misidentified because I thought that I was fa- going to be a famous rap artist. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why even if you listen to some of my, most of my poems, they all kind of have a rhyming undertone to it for the most part. And, um, but I'm excited to see uh, where it takes me. And, um, with, and, and with a coach like yourself, <laughs> I know it's not about you, but with a coach and a mentor like yourself, you have uh, inspired me to learn and to grow and, and actually perfect what I have inside like a training you know mm-hmm. so I'm really looking forward to learning all I can from Sovereign Dior and, and yourself to uh, really push me in the right direction it's not too late <laughs> thank you I appreciate that mm-hmm. 
Um, I will say that I think that working with you has been a great experience and that you are so creative, right? And you are the type of person who takes their lived experiences and turns it into art, right? You don't yeah. let the, you know, whether it's a positive experience, whether it's a not so positive experience, you have in the poetry collection you just published, um, You Can't Make Me Shut Up, you've taken all of these different experiences and made them into poetry. Yeah. How did you how did you go about being able to articulate how you felt in those moments, what you were thinking in those moments, and translate it into poetry? Well, that's so exciting. Um, and I have to bring this into it, not to offend anyone or anybody's religion or anything like that. Um, I'm non-denominational and I embrace um, everyone's love for the Lord mm -hmm. and their expressions. And um, But mine's, I started going to a church um, called Bethel Deliverance International Church. And in there, I went to a, a program called, a schooling uh, called uh, uh, Discovering Your Faith. Mm. And I had, my first courses were uh, the Book of John, Discovering Your Faith, one and two. And I, it was one more, but it was four classes. And they taught you to sit still they uh, also pointed, they pointed to Jesus actually and how in the Bible they want you to uh, read daily, sit in quiet, mm. devotionals and everything in me started to wake up like light switches um, would come on. And as I, how I interpreted my life experience and my journey was through the word of God. It was filtered through the word of God mm -hmm. and it uh, drew me, the Lord Jesus drew me. It was like a drawing from the spirit. You know, we call it something said, something said, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Or something said, don't do this. Well, I identified it with the Holy spirit mm -hmm. with the father, son, and the Holy spirit. And because I, wasn't a very friendly person at the time. And I was really a damn it <laughs> and really guarded. I really was guarded. So my favorite thing to do was to sit under the word because they said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so I said, wow, I better hear a lot of the words so I can get some faith. So I would sit in those uh, classes and in service and in Bible study. Um, and just listen and listen and became inspired. And my way to comprehend everything was the two came together. Mm. Um, like in a restaurant when we, um, I was a server um, and a manager in a lot of restaurants. And what we did was at the end of the night, you had to marry the ketchup, the old and the new. Mm -hmm. So be careful when y'all eat your ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> But they take uh, what's left at the end of the night and fill it up with with the new. Mm -hmm. So I took the processes of life, the circumstances and situations of life, 
And as I sat and read the word, my comprehension was like, oh, this is going with this. So this is, it, it became uh, mind opening and revel I got a lot of revelation from learning how to sit still, from learning how to uh, just sit in quiet and do introspections of my behavior of mm. and confronting. And, and guess what? It wasn't, it wasn't so easy because you have to tell when you face one truth, it leads you back right into the mirror. Yep. And you looking into the window of you, the words actually made you, it made me think of my behavior of the circumstances, whether they were negative or positive, mm -hmm. that that really, uh, inspired me to write and it gave me a deeper understanding of what was going on and what needed to happen and, and to bring about the change so it's my hopes that through the this through you can't make me shut up that when someone reads it even if it's a little snippet no matter what uh denomination no matter what walk of life that someone would be able to be inspired to uh, lift their head up, have confidence, and and, and, a, and, a, uh, and a better quality of life. Like mm. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. And I just thought those words were so powerful. And because it's a lot, and, and it actually words bring you life or death. Mm -hmm. So learning those uh, words, and, and even through many of the poets and many little, um, artist I just learned so much and um string it all together and voila you can't make me shut up <laughs> I love that when you when you talk about your poetry um specifically in that context it makes me it brings to mind a few of your poems so what okay. I want to do now is I want to talk about some of the poems in the book and sort of pick your mind about you know what the circumstance was surrounding it okay. and um get your thoughts on the poem overall so the first poem i want to talk about is get up oh yes <laughs> get up <laughs> tell me when you when you wrote this poem or or do you remember when you wrote this poem, or or is I don't it just... I don't remember the exact year, um, but I do remember the mindset that I was in and what brought it about, what inspired me mm -hmm. to write it. Um, that? And that was that was something that you hone in on all the time. That just reminds me of getting up. Like, um, excuse me, get up, stop being lazy, stop making excuses. Stop. I'm, I'm the uh, scripture in the Bible. Um, talks about get up from this pool. Stop waiting for somebody to give you a handout. No matter what your circumstances is, you have a right, and you're empowered mm -hmm. to say, "No, I'm going to help myself." Yeah, I'm not going to be beggarly. To to, uh, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to continue to walk on in self pity. And I was in a place in my life where. I was very pitiful and very needy mm. and didn't realize the beauty that was inside of me. And it was like, yo, get up. And I believe that again, that that was the Holy spirit. And mm. you, I was like, I can't be this smart on my own. It's gotta <laughs> be the Lord Jesus. 
I mean, I wasn't a college student or anything. I stopped school at 10 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, wow, this is mind blowing. And it was like, get up. And it was my way of understanding and connecting that you need to stop being shiftless and lazy. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to find a way to undercut and undermine. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to wait. Learn how to be a giver and not a taker all the time. Mm. It's, I mean, it's okay when you need help, but hey, how about let's change in it and get up? That's what came to mind. Get up in your attitude. Get up in your surroundings. Get up. Take a step. Mm. Get up. Get up no matter what. Get up. And um, that's what really, and take up the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Don't leave it there. Don't carry the bed on your back. Don't carry the circumstance and the situation and the behavior on your back. Get up and change it. Mm. So that's what um, inspired that work, that that particular piece. I like that. I, I When you say that, it reminds me of um, the short story before the poem, Before It Doesn't Matter Anymore. You said, every time I set a goal, short or long term, that is my feet get tangled in torment. Yeah. I'm not five any longer. That's so, right. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means in the context of before it doesn't matter anymore? What, what it does is that because if you continue, for me, when you continue to look backwards, when you continue, it's okay to take a peek. It's okay to use it as a reference and a learning tool. But if you're all busy looking back, how can you go forward? Mm. How can you elevate? How can you level up? How can you get in the right set of people that you can learn and not be offended and not be too loud? Because I was too loud Mm. and I couldn't learn. And it wasn't that the Lord didn't send awesome teachers. I was busy trying to correct them and find out what they were doing wrong instead of shutting my mouth and learning from them and and having a better quality of life. Mm. So, but when you get quiet and say, you know what, I gotta, I have to humble myself and learn, um, and and, and get still and learn, and, and and also be committed and driven to go forward. So I and I, I just said, look, before it doesn't matter. It's a trap, a trip to take your mind. Mm-hmm. It's all right to look back, but not all day and all the time. You get paralyzed in that. <laughs> yep, that's and, true. And but when you have when you're around people that's gonna put their foot in your back, and, and everyone needs something different. Some people need it gently. Sometimes you need K Russo, and sometimes you need you and Galeon, which mm-hmm. some which means that I interpret it as sometimes get out the building, yeah, come on. <laughs> and some people could say, Oh, here, come on, sweetie, mm-hmm. let's go. But everybody can't have it. Yeah. That way. Some people got to be cussed out. <laughs> I had to be cussed out. <laughs> because I was hard-headed and defiant and rebellious. So somebody had to actually had to pop me in the head, kick me in the bond with, with their uh, delivery mm-hmm. in my life that I could get up from that, from that dark place and go forward and stop looking back and have a reason to go backwards and stay t- and be in a dead situation it's time to rise up mm-hmm. so that's what just inspired those things i love that, that. particular piece 
I love that you're so candid and so straightforward because some people are not going to admit, you know, sometimes I needed to be, you know, told to I had out. to be cussed out. I'm sorry. <laughs> I needed to be cussed out. I needed Everybody. To out. I like yes, that. Yes. Yes. Um, Tamisha, um, you know how you can tell someone if you drink that beverage, this is what's going to happen to you and you let them know flat out. Mm-hmm. I had to drink it and I had to go through the process, the suffering process. Mm. And the Lord says, many are the afflictions that are righteous, but I'll bring you out. <laughs> um, um, after you suffer, I read this in the word of God. After you suffer, you learn to obey. Mm-hmm. And I, one day I woke up and I said, yo, wait a minute, Lord. <laughs> hey, do you think I could stop suffering at my own? Because you're going to suffer in life. You, you suffer from things. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to participate and make it happen either. Absolutely. I don't want to walk around in the wilderness of my life and my own thoughts and my own way and land up in the same spot for 40 years. Yes. And I've done that. Mm. And now I'm just thankful that I had a near-death experience. Well, many of them, but uh, two years ago, I was panting for breath Mm. and I got an epiphany. I said, wait a minute. It's all right. Cause everybody's going to die. But did I complete what I was destined for? What I was, what was I created to do? Mm. And am I going to die? The the, the graveyard is filled with dreams that died. Mm. And I don't want to be, I want the earth to hear me. I know that's right. I want the earth to know. And I want to be an influence in someone's life. Nelson Mandela um, inspired me greatly and let me know my importance as well. Mm. Um, and, and I was watching a program on his life and he sat in prison for 30 years. And someone asked him, interviewed him and said, what brought you through 30 years knowing you didn't do a, a crime? And he said, he opened his hand, someone put a poem in it. And that just, that was everything to me. Mm. Like your story, one story can change someone's existence. And if that's what the Lord created you for, I think it should get done. Mm -hmm. There's no excuse. Mm. And Mm. how did you know, how did you know that storytelling, because you are very good with speaking. I'm about to, I'm about to cite you for a second. Okay. You are very good with speaking. You are very good with connecting to other people. And you are just you just are a a, a pleasure to be around, right? How did you figure out that poetry was the way for you to do that? As I, I started to learn, Kamisha, I started to, as I sat still, as I sat under the word of God, as I learned and learned about, I, I don't, People ask me a lot of questions about who the 12 tribes of Israel and all of this, but that didn't matter to me. I, I say religion equals division, but Jesus equals love. Mm-hmm. And through that vein of many chances, mercy and grace, um, that everything in me gravitated towards the the creative writings. And uh, actually... My best friend in the whole earth, 
which is David, you know, uh, <laughs> my husband. He uh, David's actually, amazing. And what he did was one day I was on the phone. You know how you've been on the phone with me, so you can even imagine. And he said, Chris, get quiet. Be quiet for a minute. And I was like, all right. And this was over like two decades ago. And he was like, listen, listen, what do you hear? And that's how I wrote Dagon. Um, Dagon was birthed right there on in that moment. He said, your gift is always on, Chris. Words are your gift. And I said, oh, my goodness. And, and right then in that moment, I could hear words. I, I see the words. And, and that really inspired me to embrace poetry. And I think it's so creative. And it's definitely a tool with the millennials and, and, and just everyone can relate to a song or a creative event. And when you tell your story and when you tell your poem, and, and I believe that it's simplistic, a simplistic way to learn as well, because it's not... A poem could be uh, almost like a haiku, and it can be that short and simplistic that it can bring an understanding and awareness and actually set you on a victory tour, a victory road in your life. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, um, when David told you that that was your calling, or at least he he highlighted that that that's yeah. your calling is that when you realized that language had power or was it before that that you knew oh, it that? was before that commission they used to beat my behind when i was little everybody tore me up <laughs> like i was a punching bag but one thing i had was a big mouth commission that's why i probably got beat up so much <laughs> so i i mean and i wasn't smart enough you know the bible says suffer fools gladly <laughs> But I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> you, I mean, blood could be dripping down my head. And I was a little tiny little thing. And they would be banging my head against the wall. And it was my, um, I ain't going to identify her. That might not be good. But um, anyway, she would, She was six feet tall. She's six foot four and a half now. Mm. And I'm five feet. Mm. And that, I would be t being tortured. I mean, tortured on many levels, and I would not shut my mouth to make it end. I said, you better kill me because I'm not going to never shut up. Mm. And that was my power, my voice. My voice sets a tone for a lot of stuff, good and bad. Mm -hmm. not so, and even the negatives now, after going through it mm -hmm. and being able to be authentic, the words... Uh, I have to be careful. You have to be careful what you speak because, again, when you when you open your mouth and speak a word, it's like toothpaste coming out of tube. You can never take it back. That's true. You can't put all that toothpaste back into the, the residue of what you're saying is going to either influence someone in a positive or negative way, even if they don't want it. Mm. Once you plant that seed in them, at some point or another, if it's the right word, it's going to bring forth write awesome fruit but if it's a negative word you can destroy depending on where the person the makeup of the person mm -hmm. and their journey you can destroy a person and cause them to commit suicide mm 
Mm. So we have to, and, and, and I always say this, and I heard someone say it, keeping it real doesn't mean be an idiot mm-hmm. and, and destroy uh, people, but hurt people really hurt people. That is and true. I always say people need love the most when they deserve it the least. So I'm learning. Like sometimes I want to say something and I want to spill out my mouth, but here lately, and I mean here lately, the past three years, that the Lord has really been working with me to have discipline, to have timing, and to have tact. Mm-hmm. And I believe through poetry that when you, wherever you are, is on purpose with a purpose and that it's going to inspire and uplift and bring life or bring death mm. and learning that words. Uh, now I'm real, I'm really serious about being careful and mindful of what I say, when I say it, how I say it, face your body speaks without everyone always tells me, Chris, even when you smile and you can see right what you think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, my face is not kind <laughs> my face is not kind mm-hmm. and you can see it in my body language and, and every part of me so I, I have a lot of work to do, <laughs> do I mean that does, that's not necessarily a bad thing though right like I, I feel like I because I'm the, I'm the same way <laughs> I like I will I will try to hold my tongue sometimes but my face right. you know isn't that something <laughs> And one day, David and I was in a service and someone said something so rude and mean to me. And I tried my best, Kamisha, I tried, but it was like I had had an X-lax to the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) And and David looked down at me and he was so disappointed and I was so offended by him. I wanted to cuss him out right in the middle of church. Oh, no. Because you know what he said to me? What he say? He said, you just, he said, you just had to do it. You just had to say something. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit there. I believe, look, and even though the Bible says don't render evil for evil, but overcome evil for good, that wasn't my truth. Mm-hmm. My truth was like, they're going to get you, get them back. And if you think they're going to get you, get them first. <laughs> so I'm like, slay, I'm like the word slayer. Like I would take Someone, uh, it was uh, Sister Sledge, one of the Sledge sisters mm-hmm. who uh, was in my life for a season. And she said, you're a little bit of baby with this big old sword and you just swing it every which way and it cuts <laughs> up everything. And so that's not, and that can be good because mm-hmm. sometimes that's necessary. Right. But you, I believe it's all about balance. Absolutely. And, um, and etiquette. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, depending on what setting you're in, is what needs to come out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some folks, and even if it's an accident, I believe even disobedience and your wrongdoings are factored in and uh, important part of growing you and maturing you, the experiences. So mm-hmm. a lot of times I have a poem that's called Lying with a Sincere Heart. And sometimes you're surviving, you're in survival mode and you just say whatever you need to say. Like uh, someone asked me at one point, uh, did you do your homework, Chris? And I was like, yes. But I want to, and she she called, I called her back because I said, I don't want to be a liar. And I called her back. I said, you know what? I didn't do an ounce of homework. Mm. And she said, 
Chris, I can't believe you. I, I don't understand. You lied to me. And I said, well, I told you I was a liar, the best liar in America. I thought I was, <laughs> I thought that was my gift. So why are you surprised? I'm working on, I'm working towards being truthful and honest and, and, and it takes courage. And I said, well, why did you lie to me? I said, so you could hear what you wanted to hear. Mm. You wanted to be proud of me. I wasn't proud of me. So what makes you think mm. I was going to... <laughs> so... In <laughs> hindsight mm. now, I'm like, but through, again, through through my uh, belief system and Jesus and the Lord and what he desires for me to be honest, I don't want to be a liar. Mm. I don't want to be negative. I, I want to be authentic. And even in some of my poems that talk about the rapes and uh, promiscuity in my life, mm -hmm. sometimes it was my fault. It doesn't mean I deserve to be violated, mm -hmm. but I shouldn't have hooky school and went in the wrong place. Mm. Even at an early age, you know when you're sneaking and doing something wrong. Yeah. And I had to own that. And that's why I was put in there, I own it all. Mm -hmm. Because at one point, I was lying. Yeah, I would tell what everyone else did to me, but I never said what I did to cause it. Oh. Sometimes I did things, and I didn't want to. I didn't want nobody to accuse me. When you tell somebody you've been raped, they be like, "Ah, what kind of clothes you had on? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, uh, what were you saying? Mm -hmm. Or who were you hanging around? Or where did you go?" And that has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. Yeah. No one has a right to violate you whether... So you could tell the truth. And, and through God sharing with me, and he had to let me know because I thought I was gifted just to confront stuff, girl. Mm. But he said, that's not you. I put that in your heart to do that. That takes courage. That takes getting eggs on your face in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I came up with a phrase. I said, listen, when people, look, I grab the mic sometimes, and, 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 hey, even in a church setting, and I say, listen, this conference ain't going to save you. Mm. You better go back there <laughs> and cry out and tell somebody the whole truth mm -hmm. and tell them the whole thing. Yeah. And, and, I'll, and that's why you can't make me shut up is to, when you hear some of those stories, it's like, did this really happen? It really happened. And I have so much more to tell. Yeah. Because yeah, you do. I want to tell my fault. That. I want to tell, yo, and other people need to be able to say, you know what? That I had something to do with it happening, but it doesn't mean it was okay for it to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So um, and I'm excited about that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna own it. And um many people don't agree. Or oh, my next book, maybe I'll take a lie detector test to put it in a book. <laughs> no, I'm serious because a lot of people watched on. And when you watch on, if you don't call the cops, if you don't do mm -hmm. something, yeah. if you don't, if you sis, if you stand in there laughing at someone's pain, you're a part of it. Yep, you complicit. You're not my friend. Mm -hmm. No, remember this? No, I remember you weren't strong. And, and someone told me, oh, I remember we were friends. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You were in a crowd watching me be tormented and tortured. Mm. And even though you were a good person, you weren't strong enough to take a stand by my side because the heat was too hot. Mm -hmm. So, and, and those, I'm saying those things to say 
that when you find yourself in, in the book, what I want to convey is that no matter what your situation is, the love of Jesus doesn't run out for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's a lie when people shake their head at you because you have 20 things under all that arrogance and pride and putting your, pointing your finger and turning your nose down at someone mm-hmm. that you're going through something too. And, and, and God don't say change people. It says pray. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know my sexuality. You don't need to know what I, all the intricate details of what I did right or wrong. Mm-hmm. You, that's none of anyone's business. And so I want through my writings and poetry that people will be empowered to hold their head up, mm-hmm. to be confident, to be brave, to not give up. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you always hear me say, oh, be patient with me. Don't give up on me. I know I'm way older and I got a little snow in the, on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone's not smart as you think. I thought college people were smart. Some of them are. I would get upset. <laughs> I would get, Tamisha, I would get upset. Because I said, look, you both aren't till you graduate and got a couple degrees. Child. But book knowledge <laughs> and experience are two, two different, different things. Exactly. They're completely different things. And a person that did not get a, a, a education this way or that way doesn't mean that they're not smart, that they're not intelligent, and that God raises up people like you, Kamisha, to actually, that's what you did for me through this work and this process that you say, yo, like, yo you're going to do this. <laughs> and no matter what, how you believe or how I believe, God put us together. Mm-hmm. And it's a beauty. God is not about division. He might use subtraction, <laughs> addition, but he's not about division. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he wants all of mankind, I believe, to come together and love and empower and help one another along on their journey. Mm-hmm. And through you, what I'm learning is you're stirring up in me, your whole, your life, your legacy, what Salvador New York represents is causing me to keep getting back up through the oxygen tubes, through the not being able to walk through. It's no excuse. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. And you're teaching me that there's no excuse not to get it done. And some days um, I've fallen down. Some days, you know, I've been in the hospital or Mm -hmm. whatever. I I never thought that this work would ever come about. But God put a specialist, a wordsmith, an etymologist in my life (laughs) to help me in this area. You you're Hello a surgeon, <laughs> little old, little a ordinary girl doing an extraordinary work for the kingdom Thank of the Lord and the earth Thank through you. all mankind and offering it to black women, especially all over the world to get up, to get out, to break out, to rise up and to grab, to empty those dreams out of their head, their stories. Mm-hmm which are going to inspire, cause someone not to kill themselves, mm. to give them life and, and to go on and know that they're worth it. And I'm grateful for this opportunity, this never ending journey, because you ain't leaving my life. <laughs> Stop it anymore. 
they gonna one day look up and we gonna do a podcast of how I became to work for you with you. Listen, <laughs> being a partner because I like I'm a dreamer and I believe in God giving us dreams for them to come and everyone. I don't have to compete against anyone. And I have to say that to myself because I'm very competitive. Mm-hmm. Like hers ain't going to be better than mine. But it's not better. It's different. Mm. Everyone's is different. And it's everyone's is important. And everyone's is exciting. And pain, a headache or a toothache is still an ache. Mm-hmm. And when you don't compare, but you cheer and not feel threatened, but that's a, that's a whole nother process and the emotions mm-hmm. and, and the mental state of a person and taking time with them like you've done with me. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just when you're going through this writing process, it's actually healing you from low self-esteem, mm-hmm. from lack of confidence, from wanting to, from being suicidal. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, through this process, I've been all of those things. Mm-hmm. And you have, and you had to pull uh, the lack of discipline. I have no discipline. <laughs> I don't, but I'm learning it now. I'm having some now. How has that, that been? How is that? It, it gives me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> it gives me a blooming headache. I'm like, no, you. I thought when I wrote my words down any kind of way and handed them to you, you was going to do everything. <laughs> that would cost you a million dollars per person. <laughs> it sure would. <laughs> but I had an unrealistic view mm-hmm. of this process and I had no respect for the process. Mm-hmm. But I bet you I do now after you done drag me through writer's boot camp. <laughs> and I'm just beginning. You allow a lot of... I believe you handled me like an infant, you have different. You have different students on different, different children, different ages, different pages, and different stages. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, and the infancy, and as grown as I am, see, we are all. You all forever be a student, always. But I'm excited now, where I wasn't before. Mm. When you kept telling me along the road, "Oh, this is happening. Oh, this work is coming about." Oh, you will realize who you are on my watch. <laughs> yep. Oh, and it doesn't mean that you're perfected and I'm not lifting you up, but I'm sure I'm lifting up the God that decided to say, let there be Kamisha. <laughs> to, uh, look, I got tears in my eyes. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, because it's everything to realize your dream in the earth. I'm sitting here with the book in my hand and uh, and even holding the book in my hand. It was like, all right, well, you didn't do it the way that the other young lady did it. She had 200 copies before her pre-orders. And I was like, I'm doing that. <laughs> and because of my skill set wasn't hers, but it doesn't mean that it still can't happen. Exactly. Because I'm working. I'm the work is work to be done. Yeah. And you can't be lazy. And when your brain is lazy and you're not used to working Mm -hmm. and you're not used to going back. I had to read that book 20 times already. (laughs) Yet I have now a mentor and a teacher in the writing arena Mm -hmm. and the writing world willing and, and built for this. Yep. To hold my hand through the process. And And um, you've grown so much throughout this process as well. 
You think so? I hope so. I believe that. Um, I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back here. Yes, please do. Because they even had to. Uh, I was like, I ain't writing her no more. Let us say whatever she said and say. <laughs> and David said, No, you're not gonna do that. Who is this for? Exactly. Who, what's the purpose of it? No, you have to go back again and again and again until it's the way it's supposed to be. Because exactly. this is your dream. Exactly. And, and ain't no so, shortcuts to that. And between David and yourself and the Lord Jesus, you know, I always got to put my father. (laughs) Well, and that comes from being an orphan and Mm -hmm. and being uh, walking alone through my journey. Mm -hmm. All I had was, see, we all say we need God and want God. But guess what? What about when you're in a foreign land Mm -hmm. with no coach with nobody watching over you with nobody correcting your behavior you all over the place you mm-hmm. do whatever I when I found out I had no parents I said I'm gonna do whatever I want to do how I want to do it when I want to do it and who I want to do it with I know that's and, that, and that but that'll land you in a lot of fire when you're exactly. a baby exactly and you don't have a mature mind to make proper decisions and choices and your a, a brain didn't develop and, and you weren't trained so in the writing arena, I'm now being trained. Mm-hmm. I'm learning. And you have a lot of stuff up there on the wall to just take in. <laughs> and um, there's no excuse for me now to stay at this level when I can grow on. Exactly. As long as I have breath in my body that one yep. day I'll be a writer. When, when Dr. Maya Angelou passed away, when Toni Morrison passed away, I said, oh, my God. I mean, something happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was devastated. Because I said, oh, my God, I got to stand up and do what she did. We we can't have our elders lead the earth. And we what are we doing? Exactly. So I hope that that puts an urgency in writers all over um, through our stories, through our through your podcast, through our dreams that we inspire one another. Uh, our little brown babies and that they wouldn't start at 15 and 20. They start at two and three. Yeah. Where they're learning, where you're learning to write, um, where you're learning to develop, when you're, uh, where your clay is soft and pliable, where it won't be such a hard process. Yes. Yeah. So, with that being said, I know we, um, I know we've touched on so many gems and so much valuable insight that you've shared. What advice do you have for those who, like you, have a book inside of them, but are afraid to share it? What 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 do you have to say to those who are embarrassed to tell their story, or are hesitant to tell their story, or just don't feel like they are worth it? Wor- exactly. Yep. I would say to everyone, to anyone. Um, facing uh, low self-esteem, discouragement, uh, any of those things that uh, that you first call out to the Lord, pray first. Stop being busy. Stop mm-hmm. sharing your secret. Stop sharing with everyone your intention and your dream, because people sabotage you and 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 get mad at you for wanting something different and better. Change your environment. Um, read. 
If and if you can't read, get someone to teach you. It's no excuse to stop and die with all that beauty on the inside of you when it could help someone else. Absolutely. Um, I would say to discouragement, you gotta go from here because there's so many people to that's why we the ones that do have courage. Uh, in the Bible, weekend it says, "Those of you that are strong, bear the infirmities of the weak." And you might have to handle them, depending on what kind, what, what walk of life they come from, to inspire them over and over again with your words. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could do this. Oh, we got this. Oh, this, uh, this, that's what you did with me. Yeah. Even at this point, and you're the younger, and I'm the elder, <laughs> but I had to humble myself, like, girl. I feel like a five-year-old in the classroom all over again. <laughs> Every time I get a, a, if you stop what you're doing, I can't go on what what I need to do. Mm. So being around the right people and choose and asking, Lord, cry out, cry out, Lord, I want to be the best I could be for and developing my story. And guess what? I walked around for years with uh, my poetry and my my dream. Mm-hmm. And people wouldn't help me. Mm. But first, and, and I waited. I waited. I wa- I mean, I went to, I would go to the store and my stories would be in my hand. Mm-hmm. I would go to a picnic and my stories would be in my hand. I would get on a bus and, and my stories would be on my hand. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't doing my part. And when you do your part, God is going to draw what you need and help you and, and, and even funding. You know what I asked? And, and this is the whole truth. Guess what I asked God about you? I said one day that Kamisha said, Chris is doing so much work. I'm going to fund her book. <laughs> That's right. I said, Lord, let Kamisha say this one's on me. <laughs> that she was so into my life because I believe that when we do that one to another, mm-hmm. pay it forward that like the um the foundation I want to set up that we give away scholarships to also go out and and compel them to come. Yes, hey, tell us a little here, bit about your about the organization that you're going to set up. I'm setting up um, Rhoda's Writings, and it's inspired by um, David's sister, who was an avid reader and a poet. Oh, oh my god, I believe she would have been a famous poet for her life ended before she could get it all done. Mm-hmm. And it inspired me. I was inspired on my journey with You Can't Make Me Shut Up. And, and after that, my dreams, like the, I took the limits off and I said, wow, mm-hmm. maybe children and young women and young single mothers or older senior citizens, mm-hmm. if we have a foundation where we can set up a criteria and get funding yeah. from our books and grants that would actually pay the publisher to get their work done. So they'd be remove the excuse from them. And if they would say, oh, I got the finances. Oh, I know where to go. Mm. And that's, that was the importance. And I hope that everyone that uses your publishing company will put a page in a book to show people, how, others, how to get to you. Yes. And others like yourself in that publishing arena um, to actually let them realize what's inside of them and get it done. And also that they have to have a made up mind that this is getting done. Mm. 
and through the videos and tutorials that you put up, even the little snippets of commercials, even if you don't believe in yourself, if you keep on listening, again, faith comes by hearing. And in those illust- uh, illustrating uh, videos you do, oh, yeah. that they inspire you and they spark something. It's like a spark. When it sparks you, it inspires you. And just start somewhere. Well, one page, one sentence, one word. Without the um, corrections, without no matter if you can spell or not, get it mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Make up your mind and say, I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for the little girl behind me. Yes, I'm doing this for the little child in the playground left with no parents sitting in the park experiencing who knows what. Mm. I'm going to do it for them that no longer is just for you. and it, But it's a tool of safety. It's a tool of refreshing and cause someone else to live with your story. It's urgent and mm. just put a make it urgent. Like this has to be done with my life. It's worth yeah. it. Yeah, and I believe that when we release our words and our that's why I'm ha- and I'm having challenges, but again, you're even helping me with that by just being an example and just being yourself. I'm about to go live, yo. Yeah. So this, this, I'm about to go live <laughs> in spite of the oxygen tubes or anything. That's vain. Mm-hmm. You mean because my lipstick or hair is not right, I'm not going to help someone else live. That's bogus. It is bogus. So I have to tear down and through your process, while you want to change someone else, you're actually first dealing with yourself mm-hmm. and all your own roadblocks. Yeah. So I believe that uh, when you couple all of that together, change your environment. Hey, when you say, I-, I need something new in my life, someone who's got a like-minded person, not with a like behavior, but someone like you, I'm going to follow your footsteps until I uh, get where I need to go to help someone else and, and become more than just a novice at this craft mm-hmm. and have respect for it. Yes. And, and, and know that it's something beautiful inside you in spite of everything that was wrong about you. Mm-hmm. Hone in on what's good about yourself and don't judge yourself harshly. Oh, no one's going to like this. Someone's going to like it if it's one person. You only need one like to change your life. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't have to be monstrous. One person's life changing could be my, uh, uh, amazing. Mm, and and cause them to change a whole... Look at you. Someone poured into Kamisha and you decided with whatever God gave you to change the world. One story at a time. That's true. Yeah. With the summit and that by the way, I still haven't uh, received mine. <laughs> <laughs> because you have people like myself, Kamisha, you're right, you're right. <laughs> that didn't show up, but I'm trying not to make excuses not to show up. And I said, oh, no, you still, I don't care if you missed every day. You're going to get that summit, and you're going to sit there because that's my college. That's my learning. It was really good, too. <laughs> It was amazing. It was, well, it I, was well, so good. I don't want to hear about it. I want to taste it myself. Thank I, you. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. I'm gonna see you the link and guess today. What? Many women, and guess what? Many women all over the world, and Africa, and Jerusalem, and Guatemala, and mm-hmm. China, mm-hmm. 
they need that summit. Don't, don't even realize you helping people that don't even realize they need help. That's true. Because they're so busy or caring for someone else's dream and not focusing on what's inside of them. Mm. For whatever reason. So I'm grateful uh, for this time and I'm grateful for this opportunity and I'm grateful that I'm alive and I give honor to the Lord Jesus and Sovereign New York and all those aspiring writers get up and get out and get it done. Get a pencil, get a piece of chalk, get a crayon and start somewhere. Don't let anything stop your story and don't keep someone else's dirty little secret about you. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like that you told it. Mm-hmm. But that's not your business. Your business is to get your truth out the way you saw it, the way you see it, and with your creative mind, and continue for the, for the generations to come. Yeah. Our, our youngsters really do need to see, um, I think, a newer generation of writers who are unafraid to tell their stories. And, I, and I'm so proud that you were unafraid to tell your story. And um, I think that this, this episode of the Black Women Writers Podcast in particular is going to touch a lot of people in a lot of different ways because you've touched on a lot of different topics from um, building your self-esteem as a writer to how you've had um, different experiences that pushed you toward poetry and how people can overcome uh, their, I, I want to say their hesitancies as writers. Like you've you've shared so much in this episode and I really want you to, to understand the depth and uh, the, the level of appreciation that we have for for you being on the show today so again i want to say thank you um if you're not following in time poet follow her on instagram at in time poet facebook as well um at in time poet and um i would also say connect with her right she's a fantastic spoken word artist as well um and if you have nt questions or any um advice that you would like to have her share with you, please, again, network and connect. We are all about connecting Black women writers with other Black women authors so that we all can be in here and we can all thrive together. And I have a request. Yes. Please go out and purchase You Can't Make Me Shut Up. <laughs> and even if you don't need it. Yes. Please share it with your neighbor, with someone with their head down, with someone who's been raped, Mm -hmm. with someone who's been through. It's so many different scenarios in there that I pray will just touch the hearts of humanity and inspire them. And if you can't afford a book, I know that the Lord will put it out there for you. And go to my page, too, uh, because it's just free snippets of inspiration through what I've seen or what I've seen others go through with compassion and love, not with harshness and um, because we can feel bad on our own and we want through our writings to actually build up and not tear down and, and to also heal. Absolutely. It's a healing process and, and um, 
through our writings and through your stories, get them out there. And really, um, if you want to be handled with commitment through your process, I truly pray that you would just share Sovereign Dior, the publishing company, um, and how that came about for me was just uh, scrolling through Instagram, actually. <laughs> and I said, Lord, I don't know. My therapist said, and I guess I have a therapist yes, to help me navigate. And my therapist said, hey, who says your book's not finished already? Go for it. Yes. I, should, I should get her for that because I put Kamisha through a lot with that. But however, <laughs> look where it's at. So um, you need people that would encourage you. You need go out and go for it. Just go for it, ladies. Don't wait another second. Mm-hmm. Pick up your pencils. Get some little space. When you're crying, when you're sad, when you're up or when you're down, jot down those stories. And before you know it, voila. Uh, Kamisha will be telling you, girl, this is coming out. We need this. <laughs> and, and she says that with a pure heart that every one of your stories will relate and connect to someone mm-hmm. who needs that experience that you dread, that you were ashamed of, that you were embarrassed of, that brought on a reproach. Whether you did it, whether you had a hand in it or not. It is valuable, it is important, it is inspirational, and it's what you're created to do. Get it done mm-hmm. with Sovereign Neor. Thank you. I appreciate and Jesus. that. And Jesus. <laughs> I appreciate that. This has been such a pleasure having you on. And I, again, I thank you so much. Um, listen, here's what we're going to do. If you're listening to this episode, what I'm going to tell you to do is we're going to have a um, post about it on our Instagram page. If you type on that post, I want the book, we will ship you a free copy of wow, thank you, you Can't Make Me Shut Up by End Time Poet. It will be a random choosing, so don't get mad if you don't get it. But <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I would love that. But we will definitely do it. Um, okay. Again, thank you so much, and we will holler at y'all next time. End Time Poet at End Time Poet on Instagram at End Time Poet on Facebook. Her debut book, You Can't Make Me Shut Up, is available. Um, take care of yourselves. I know it's a little stressful outside as always, but we always here to support you all. We are always here to celebrate you all, and we're always here to honor you all. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. We love you and stay safe, y'all. The Black Women Writers Podcast, brought to you by Sovereign Noir Publications.